Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the first episode of the Ninth State Sports Show Football Edition uh, for a, a new fall season here in 2022. My name is Joe Marcellina, and back with me again for another year, uh, former high school football coach uh, Mike Lockman. How are you doing today, Mike? Joe, we're back, baby. I'm excited. <laughs> I know it's. Uh, I, you know, to be to be honest, I started thinking about this um, kind of when the spring left, and and I had to keep. I was kind of holding myself back. I was like, oh, I should email Mike. I should email Mike. I, I should. And then the next thing I know, it's like August, and I'm on vacation. I was like, oh, crap, I didn't email Mike. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I, I had been thinking about it, too. You know, it's uh, once once baseball season sort of wraps up here and, and lacrosse and all those things, it's like it's an old habit from all those years coaching, I guess. But uh, my thinking immediately starts going to football, you know, yeah. and it's like, wow, I, you know. Uh, excited about the podcast again this year. We've had we've had so much fun. I, I can't remember whether this is our our fourth this, or fifth season. Oh no, it's oh you're underestimating. You're you're sh- selling us short. Uh, Am I? So this is what's 2022. This is our well. So I, I guess for the two of us, uh, this is our this will be our fifth season. Uh, yeah. But but overall, this is the uh, the sixth year of the podcast. Because um, that first year, if you remember, was uh, was a rotation of of coaches every week. Uh, right. Which, uh, so I guess, I guess technically that counts as a, a year. Um, but it's a little and, bit like, it's like, it's like the Halloween movies. It's like how, you know, yeah, we kind of include the third one, even though Michael Myers wasn't in it. Right. Uh, so yeah, you know, it's, it's like the first season of the podcast, but, but we, we, you know, we don't talk about it. Well, and, I, and I'll <laughs> give myself five and a half seasons. There, cause I go. think I was on with you twice yeah, that first well, year. And then at the end of the season, you brought me in as kind of a regular to do the, uh, yes, we like, did the like through the playoffs yes. and stuff. So, yep. so uh, I'll, I'll, like if I could take credit for a half season <laughs> worth of appearances there, maybe I'll do that. We'll do my, that. Uh, we'll, we'll do that. I think the judges are good on that. I'll update my wiki page to, to, <laughs> on, <laughs> to yeah, take credit your, for that. Your LinkedIn too. Uh, right. Exactly. Oh, all right. Well, just to remind everyone, uh, since it's been a while, uh, you can send us your questions and feedback by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and now, you ready for this, on TikTok. Although there's nothing posted there yet uh, at NHHS Sports because I just created that one yesterday. So we'll, we'll, I'll be updating that uh, uh, as the season goes on. Uh, of course, you can listen to the show Tuesday mornings throughout the football season at nh-highschoolsports.com. Now, uh, before we get into the, uh, the football talk, I've got a few things I want to go over. Uh, first off, uh, we are looking for sponsors for the podcast for this fall. Uh, it isn't much, but there are some costs involved with putting the show together every week. We'd like to be able to continue doing that, not just with football, but also with lacrosse in the spring. And for the first time this fall, uh, field hockey. Uh, yes, so we'll be doing a, uh, a field hockey podcast. Uh, Mike, you're free to join in on that one if you feel like it, but I, I have a feeling uh, you, you'll probably want to stick to football, right? Yeah, you know, if you need some help, give me a holler. But um, I've watched some field hockey games in my time. You know, when I was at uh, when I was at Sauhegan and when I was at uh, even Hollis Brookline, I'd, I'd kind of you know go support the team a little bit. I, I got to be honest with you, as much as I admire what they do, I have no idea what's going on. There's like whistles blowing. I don't know why they're blowing the whistle. <laughs> it's like, so. I could probably like be, you know, your your sort of Ed McMahon guy and just say yes, I agree. <laughs> but but I don't think I, I I don't think your listeners would appreciate much else that I would have oh, to offer. Well, we'll figure <laughs> we'll figure it out as we go, as as we usually do. 
Uh, right. So if you're a fan of the show, uh, know someone who would like to promote their business on the show, or or maybe even you've got a business of your own that you would like to promote, uh, please get in touch by sending us an email at nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. We actually had picked up a, a really great sponsor in the spring um, who, who thought he'd be a good fit for us, uh, Joe Pru, who runs uh, Prolax Customs. Uh, he does stick stringing uh, for boys lacrosse and also uh, well custom dye uh, lacrosse heads. Uh, was a great sponsor for us this past spring, and, and I know that, that um, you know, he picked up a lot of business from, uh, you know, what we were we were reading every week on the podcast. So, you know, if, if you've got a, a business that you think fits with what we're doing here, uh, please uh, send us an email. Uh, let us know. We'll see what we can set up. Of course, it's not just limited to the podcast. I'm also looking for sponsors uh, for everything on nh-highschoolsports.com to help with our coverage of this fall season uh, and beyond. So one other thing, um, got a new feature that we're going to add to the podcast this year, uh, which I'm, I'm kind of excited about, and, and, and I'm glad, Mike, that you, you actually brought this up to me uh, in our email exchange uh, this summer. Uh, what we're going to do each week is, is each of us is going to pick a player and a team of the week that we're going to highlight on the show. Um, you know, so if you'd like to submit a player or a team for consideration, you can just email us. Again, nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. And if you want to sponsor the player or team of the week, you can send us an email too, and we'll uh, we'll get together on that. Uh, and then, yeah. oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just saying, I'm really excited about that. I think, uh, you know, I think I think we've we've done our share of covering sort of the, the team element of the game. And, they think, well, and, and, and rightfully so, it's a team sport. It's the greatest team sport, really, but... I do like the idea of kind of, you know, picking out like a team of the week, somebody that, you know, a team that really did something unexpected or, you know, a player of the week, if there was a great performance, I, I think that's, uh, that's something kind of cool. Yeah, and I, yeah. I know, you know, a lot of guys will listen into that and, and can be proud, you know, if you have a little sense of pride, if you get picked by somebody for that. So that, that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. I hope so. I'm looking forward to it too. Um, you know, and as always, you can support nh-highschoolsports.com by signing up for a sports insider membership. Real easy to do. You just go to the homepage, go up to the top where it says Members, uh, and then hover over that and click and uh, click on Membership Levels on the drop-down menu, and you're all set to go from there. Uh, all right. Enough of that. Let's get into some football. Or I guess uh, <laughs> we're still we're still uh, a good what, probably 10, uh, 12 days out from the first actual games. There's been some teams scrimmaging. I saw actually. Merrimack and Pelham were scrimmaging today, um, so I'm sure they had a nice sloppy uh, field to play on over there in Pelham. Uh, yeah. Maybe having to, to take the pads and the, the practice jerseys and let them air dry. Uh, I, I can't. You can't put them over the the, the vent at this point because you know there's you don't want to turn the heat on to have them dry. So I don't know what they're what exactly they're doing. Throw them in the dryer for a little bit. Um, if you're the away team, you can hang that stuff out the bus while you drive. It, it, you know, if, if it stopped raining, <laughs> it, it kind of yeah, air dries yeah. that way. I say that kind of doesn't really work if it's still raining, does it? Um, right. But so, so while we do have football to talk about, what we're really going to talk about this week is uh, what it's going to look like this year, uh, because as we all know, uh, the NHIA does two-year cycles uh, for every sport. And this is, of course, the beginning of one of those two-year cycles. So there are a lot of changes in store, um, the biggest of which and, and the one that's drawn the most attention, um, you know, 
for good reason, is that um, in Division One this year, uh, there's going to be 21 teams, which um, had created some headaches, uh, I think, when the committee was trying to put stuff together. Um, you know, created some headaches after they put stuff together. Uh, so it, how do you, you know, it, it had been 20 teams going all the way back to 2013 when they first moved to this uh, this format for Division One. Um, you know, it, and then with this year, with Timberlane moving back up, um, nobody moving down from Division One. you get 21. And the way they've done it, um, you know, it'll be divided into three conferences of seven. Uh, so that's going it's, to, it's, it's basically, it's, a, it's an odd change, but I think it's going to be one that's going to make things kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for what the, the football committee and the NHIAA has to deal with with these, with these cycle changes. You know, it, it's, it's, you know, our state is, is an interesting one, as many states are, for, for football alignment, right? You're trying to keep it competitive. Uh, you're, you're trying to make sure the matchups are reasonable, you know, for the different teams so you're not having a, you know, a, a team, you know, whether it's travel or whether it's just school size or whatever. But, you know, it, it, I, I think in, you know, what we've seen over the last decade is every cycle seems to be a new experiment, you know, it, it's kind of like, hey, let's try something new and see if this works or let's, you know, let's rejigger this and rejigger that and see if it works. And, and, and I think also as teams, and it's not many teams, but all it takes is one or two as teams petition or choose not to petition to different divisions that might throw a monkey wrench in a plan that, you know, the last cycle might have worked great. Right. Hey, we were all balanced and things worked good and, and these guys could play these guys and we had the rivalry games. And then all of a sudden somebody drops down or, or somebody that had dropped down is back again. And now all of a sudden you get a rejigger a little bit and it, it feels like, hey, it's time to experiment with a, a, a tweak to the format again. It's basically what, you know, what they end up having to do to try to try to optimize it. You know, so I in a way I kind of feel bad with that struggle that they have to have to play with every two years, but it's tough to keep up with people like us. Right. I, I, I always have to constantly look at this stuff and remind myself like, Oh yeah, you know, that's how they aligned or that's what they did here. And God, this makes sense, but that doesn't make sense. You know, it, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's definitely fun to try to figure out. Well, one thing that I've definitely learned, um, you know, over the years of doing this is that, you know, no matter what they do, there's no perfect answer. You know, there's always going to be some variable, whether it's even if they find the perfect setup. You know, I thought that 20 teams, four conferences, I thought that was a great setup, you know. But yep. but then you, you know, you never know year to year how, how teams are going to be. I mean, we have an idea um, and we guess and and sometimes we're right, but you never really know until teams actually play. Um, you know, there's just so many, so many variables. Um, and now I kind of forgot where I was going with that. You know, I guess I guess what I'm saying is is it yeah, like I said, nobody or you're never gonna find something that's perfect and it's very hard to please everybody with these kind of things. Like someone's always gonna be, you know, a little grumpy about something. But you know, the the reason, you know, like I says as I said, you had Timberlane move back up to division one. They had been in division two for two years, following Alvern who had moved down to division two for two years and then moved back up. And and the reason I would guess is that no one wanted to petition back down is that this is also the first year where the the playoff rule goes into place 
uh, which yeah. is is if you petition down, um, you know, from a division, when you go down into that division, you're you're not eligible to make the playoffs in that first year of the cycle. And if you do make the playoffs in the second year of the cycle, you have to go back up in the following year. You know, right. so I think maybe there was no one that wanted to go down and risk not being eligible for the playoffs, which is kind of a it's it's a tough call, um, you know, but it also sets up this scenario, which, you know, at first I was kind of like, oh, man, how is this going to work? But the more and more I thought about it, I think I kind of like it. Um, if only because it's going to, like I said, it's going to make things interesting. Um you know, let's. I guess let's run down what what Division One is going to look like. Like we said, we got twenty one teams, three conferences yeah. of seven. Uh, it's broken down into West, Central, and East. Um, of those twenty one teams, thirteen teams are going to make the playoffs. So that and what that will how that will work is then the three conference winners all will get a bye in the first round. So you have the other ten teams playing their their uh, first round games. Winners moving on, uh, th- you know, three of those matchups, you'll already know who you're going to be playing. What this also does is it adds an extra week of the playoffs. So the title game then moves from the Saturday before Thanksgiving to the Saturday after Thanksgiving, uh, which as far as I know is the latest that New Hampshire's ever played football. I, I was just going to say, I, I need that, that Joe Marcellina historian skill set that you have to come out because I've been following football for a long time, right? It's been almost 30 years that I've been either as a player or almost immediately became a coach after that. And I, I, you know, and I never remember, certainly not in that time in the 30 years, have we ever played football after Thanksgiving in New Hampshire and talking to, you know, coaches and stuff that I I worked with at the beginning of my career who had been around for 15 or 20 years already themselves, <laughs> they never mentioned football after Thanksgiving. So I, I think, you know, I'm not 100% sure, but Joe, I think you're right. I think this is unprecedented. You know, I know Mass plays their, you know, There's, portions yeah, of their playoffs yeah. and certainly their championship after Thanksgiving, right. but we've never done that here in New Hampshire. So that's a, that's a big, big change. Yeah. I don't, I don't know for sure. I'm just, I'm, I'm assuming, I, I mean, because yeah, I, I think it's, it's a very safe assumption. Yeah. I, I've never heard of, of anybody playing after Thanksgiving. I mean, cause you go back, I mean, Thanksgiving games were, were, you know, kind of a, a, a big thing at one point in New Hampshire. If you know, you go back probably, I don't know, 10, 12, 13 years you had, you know, obviously North and South have been, they haven't, they haven't played the last couple of years, you know, but that had been one of the Thanksgiving games before the Nashua school split. You know, you had uh, Nashua BG. That was a, a big, um, big game. Obviously the game in, in Manchester has been um, around for a long time. Uh, you had Sauhegan and Merrimack playing each other for a little, you know, for a few years there. Uh, yeah, it was over a decade. The Sauhegan Merrimack one was like I think the third longest running one at one point. I think Dover and Portsmouth um, played each other for a little while too. Um, yeah, you had Londonderry that would sometimes do Alvern. I think uh, occasionally Alvern would grab um, North Middlesex out of state. So yeah, there were there were a lot of a lot of those games that were that were going on for a while, and it, it just sort of died. Yeah, so it's. Um... Well, I, I think this, you know, to, this is probably the the last straw. I mean, I can't, 
I can't imagine that anybody, you know, anybody's going to continue their games, you know, not knowing. I mean, obviously, there's some teams that that you know aren't going to make it to the championship game. Um, but I mean, how you can't plan on playing the Thanksgiving game and then all of a sudden one team, you know, makes the semifinals and like, oh, nope, we got to pull the plug. Like you can't, right. you can't do that to your other the other team. So I think this this essentially kills the Thanksgiving games for for at least the next two years. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, an expert on what Massachusetts does. Massachusetts does Thanksgiving Day games, but they do them as part of their playoffs. I think so. Yeah, I, I don't think that used to be the case, but I think it is now. Yeah. So uh, like you, they play on Thursdays, and it's a playoff game. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it, you know, unlike here in New Hampshire, where I think sometimes the knock on the Thanksgiving game was that, yeah, they're fun and they're 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 sometimes city rivalries and things like that. But they're they're essentially meaningless games. You know, it's yeah. it's just you're going out there to play fun. You're playing for your family to come watch you and and for tradition and stuff. But you know, you're not you're not out there working hard for all the marbles. And uh, so, so that's always I always thought that was an interesting dynamic with what Massachusetts had going on. But I also think, strangely enough, that they turn around and play their next round playoff game like that following weekend. I, I don't even know if it's that. It might be like a midweek kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's really weird. So it yeah, it'll be it'll be kind of it'll be kind of weird to to see how that all plays out because the other thing that you got to think of here in New Hampshire would be how are they going to manage practice? You know, where right. you know normally you practice <laughs> every day during the week and stuff, well, you know, families go away on Thanksgiving and schools shut down for Thanksgiving and stuff, so does everybody not practice during the Thanksgiving holiday and then you go play a game or, or what how, about how does that get managed? You know, what about teams that don't have lights, that don't have lights on their practice fields? You know, by the end of November, you know, they're, yeah. they're practicing you know, they practice it for fifteen minutes after school gets out before it gets too dark. Right. Um, yeah, so it's a lot of interesting things to kind of figure out. But um I want to give you the breakdown, too, of, of what these conferences look like because, as we said, we're going from four to three conferences. Yep. Um, so basically it's it's like they broke up the North Conference and kind of scattered those teams to the wind, <laughs> if you will. Um, so the Division One West Conference, you've got B- Bishop Girton, Bedford, Goffstown, Keene, Nashua North, Nashua South, and Merrimack. So you basically took the old Division One West with those five teams, and added Bedford and Goffstown to it. Yeah. Uh, the Central, you've got Londonderry, Salem, Pinkerton, Alvern, and Wyndham, which was the old South Conference, and then you added Manchester Central and Concord. And then you've got the East, which had the you know the old East Conference, Winnicott, Exeter, Portsmouth, Oyster River, Dover, and Spalding. You also added Timberlane, again moving up from Division Two and Manchester Memorial. And yeah. yes, you heard that right. Memorial and Central are in different conferences. Uh, that was the first thing that <laughs> stuck out to me. And that they're not playing each other this year. Oh, not even as a... Um... Nope. <laughs> not yeah. even as like a... <laughs> Whatever it's right, called, the answer is nope. Because <laughs> you've got... So, right, with seven teams in each conference, you play... Everyone in your conference wants, so you've got that six games. They've put everybody on a on a line, like like competition wise. So like this year, uh, that top line is Bishop Girton, Londonderry, Winnicott. Which, yeah, you know, if going off of last year, that's that's kind of fair. So those teams all play each other. 
um, you have Central and Memorial on different lines, so they're not crossing over with each other. And their bye weeks, you know, again, so that's eight games. So then there's that ninth week that, you know, you don't have a game necessarily scheduled unless you've tried to schedule one, and their bye weeks don't match up. So, yes, this uh, this will be the first time probably in, again, who knows, that, uh, yeah. that Central and Memorial will not be playing each other unless they both make the playoffs and end up matching up in the playoffs. And to your to the earlier point we were reviewing, it's it's highly likely that a Queen City Jamboree will I mean uh, uh, Thanksgiving Day game will not be a thing because you know it's still regular season or or, or I should say it's, it's, still, it's still official season, season right yeah. we're still in the playoffs so that, yeah you know it's funny Joe that was the first thing that jumped off the page when I looked at Division One the the very first thing because the first thing I go looking for is you know, were the local rivalries maintained? And it looks for the most part like they did a really great job, right? As usual, you know, kind of the the East Conference has all those old Seacoast rivalry teams together. Um, you know, the, the Central still has your typical, like, Londonderry, Salem, Pinkerton, you know, uh, and then throws Wyndham and Alvern in there, which have been sort of more recent things. And then in the West, you've still got BG and the two Nashua schools in Merrimack, and then you've got Bedford and Gosstown right. in there who are also ro- local rivalries, but they've also developed rivalries with local teams like Merrimack and things like that well, and then in recent now, history. So yeah. it, it looked like they had done a really good job with that, but then jumping off the page was that Memorial was placed out with sort of the, the Seacoast teams. <laughs> um, so that that's an interesting choice, but it, it may have just come down to math. Yeah, I mean, someone ha- somebody had to go out there. So, I mean, it was basically Memorial, Concord, or Central. was One of them had to go out into that Eastern Conference. Right. And and all of those would have equally sort of not made sense. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's correct. Um, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, Timber, even Timberlane being out there, you know, initially when, when that in that first year in 2013, I believe Timberlane was in that Eastern Conference, and then they ended up moving into the South. Uh, when West West dropped down and, and Goffstown took West's spot and all that that all shifted, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So it's um, and, and again, it it really the other two things scheduling wise that that kind of really make this a big shift is just this this strength of schedule where you add in those two crossover you know non conference games, um, you know you look at, at at you know if I were to t- off the top of my head you know I I, th- I would say. Some of the top teams, you know, obviously BG and Londonderry on those top, that top line is pretty good. I think Nashua North has a shot at being pretty good this year, and they're on the the fifth line, which right. matches them up with Central and Dover. Um, you know, both teams that are going to be tough, but certainly not the same caliber as as maybe one of those one or top two lines. So that you know changes things a little bit too. And then you add into it that that bye week. There are some teams um, that scheduled games against other Division One programs, and then there are other teams that scheduled games against out-of-state programs. And what that does is those out-of-state games don't count towards the standings. So you've got some teams whose point rating will, and that's how everything's being seeded, is based on the point rating, whose standings will be determined by nine, or their rating will be divided by nine games, other teams whose rating will be divided by eight games. So that adds an interesting. You know what twist. I love about that? 
What's It'll that? give us a ton of stuff to nitpick at. <laughs> like right around like yeah. week six, seven, you know, when we start really talking about like, okay, how are things shaping up? You know, it, it'll it'll definitely give us a lot to nitpick at about, wow, hey, you know, if, if this had been formatted differently or, you know, if, if these games had counted and these ones hadn't, boy, think about this and that and how that would have shaken up. And we can we can really irritate a lot of people <laughs> talking well, about I mean, what it could have been or should have been, you know, or, or, or the flaws in the system, I guess. You know, it's, it, it'll, that, that'll be fun at least. We'll, we'll, we'll get one to talk about right out of the gate because uh, your, your former school, uh, Merrimack, is going on the road uh, that first week, so, uh, September 2nd, to play uh, Bonnie Eagle in Maine. Oh wow! I did not know that. <laughs> so they had a first. They had a first, first week, week by. Yes, yes. And they picked up a a a Maine school. And you know what's funny? I don't know anything about Maine football. You know, we play Vermont in the Shrine Bowl, so you get some feel for Vermont football. Um, and Massachusetts, you know, you get to see that on. You know, if you watch that on TV, the Gillette Stadium event that they do every year. Uh, you know, so. You get to see a lot of Massachusetts football if you're interested in that kind of thing, but I have never once seen a Maine team play a down of football. I actually saw Bonnie Eagle once uh, going back a couple of years, uh, back when, when, when uh, a previous BG coaching regime tried to hold like a jamboree, Saturday jamboree after the Queen City, yeah. and they were in it one year, and they played a half of football that I think lasted about an hour and 45 minutes because neither, neither team would stop throwing the ball. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, was, incomplete. Yep. Clock stops, incomplete. Yep. Clock stops, yeah. Uh, it was one of those that's like, I'm not even really, like, why am I even here? I, yeah. I would leave right now except for the fact that everyone's seen my face and, and it's going to look ridiculous if all of a sudden I just leave. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right, so that's that's division. Any 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 final thoughts on on that division one format before we we kind of get into the rest of? Uh... No, I, I think it's like you said. I think there's a lot of entertainment value to what they did. I, I'm sure that we're going to see the pros and cons of the again, just like every single year, we we kind of go through the pros and cons of the format and what what work you know what's working well and. You know, a lot of times we kind of say to ourselves, geez, if I was the head coach of so-and-so or, you know, the players on so-and-so, I'd be kind of irritated with the way that shook out. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be that, that same stuff, right? Because it's like you said, there's, there is really no perfect formula. I think no. they do their best to try to make it unique and fun and exciting every year. But, uh, you know, if there was a perfect way of doing it, we'd just be doing it and, yeah. we'd, and we'd be sticking in that. So it's a... It's going to be an experiment, I think, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how it all plays out. Actually, I, I have one more thing I'm going to add, um, and I'm going to go out. I'm going. I'm going to make a prediction right now. Uh, Lay it and, on and me. Right. Mark this down. Those of you listening at home, write it down. Uh, throw it in my face uh, in November when when it doesn't happen. Uh, I'm going to say right now that one of those three teams that gets that buy is going to lose in the first round. They're going to come. Huh? They're going to come out off their bye week in the, or excuse me, in the in the quarter. It'll be the quarterfinals. Yeah. Um, one of those three conference winners is going to get upset by someone that that plays that opening weekend. I think that's fair to say. Yes. I'll right. I'll back you up on that. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. So, I mean, that really like that's the biggest thing that that changed this year. I mean, there there were changes to the other three divisions, but but nothing, um, nothing as drastic as that. Uh, <laughs> no, that's considerably different than what yeah. we've seen. 
Um, you know, in in Division Two, you've once again got your 18 teams broken down into uh, East and West conferences. Um, you know, the the only real change is there. You got you, of course, Timberlane moves out. Bo goes from West to East to fill Timberlane's spot in the East, which um, you know, I know you and I joked about last week that the geography wise, that kind of. Uh, you know, you're, you're stretching the boundary, you know, the, the rules of geography a little bit there, putting Bo in the east, but, well, you know, whatever. Yeah, I think there was some squiggly crayon used <laughs> yeah, on the map right. of New Hampshire to get some of these teams slotted. So, in fact, I think I said, you know, they might be better off just saying, like, Division yeah. 1A and Division 1B right, and right. not putting, a, a, like, a like an east and west moniker on it, because it's like, I don't, I don't know what the heck they were. <laughs> but yeah. this was like, I'm not so sure. <laughs> um, but what it does do is it is it opens up a couple of uh, a couple of ri- rivalries for Bo that they haven't had in a couple of years. Um, you know, getting to play Pembroke, Merrimack Valley again. Uh, Guilford-Belmont, I believe, uh, a pretty good rival for them, too. Um, but then in the west, it opens up, um, or excuse me, the East also adds uh, Laconia. Laconia also moves up uh, to Division Two to replace Kingswood, which uh, petitioned down to Division Three. We'll get into that a little bit more in a moment. Uh, yep. And then on the West side, to fill Bo's spot, uh, Pelham moves back up from Division Three, where they just blew doors the last couple of years, uh, and and bring back uh, probably another talented group. Um, you know that that's going to be very competitive in Division Two. They were they were starting to turn that corner before they moved down. Um, yeah, you know, they so were. This, this is a program that's been on the rise for a, a little while now, and and they go into a that West Conference is um, man, does it look good? You know, of course, yeah. Pelham, Sauhegan, which is you know championship uh, team in twenty twenty, got a lot of young kids coming up. Milford was in the final last year. Uh, they got a lot of good kids back. Lebanon, I know they went through a coaching change, lost a lot of seniors, but that's been a solid program. Hollis Brookline, um, you know, I'm not sure too how their numbers look this year, but they were, you know, the the division champion in 2019. Yeah, um, I was gonna say they're only they're only two or three yeah. seasons removed from a ring. Manchester West was was uh, on the rise last year before they got hit with COVID at the end of the season, kind of yep. derailed them. Hanover was pretty good last year. Uh, and then you've also got Hillsborough, Daring, Hopkinton, and John Stark in that in that conference. So I mean, that's that's uh, you know, and, and I guess this goes with Division One too. I mean, looking at these two divisions, um, there's going to be a, I feel like there's going to be a lot of competition. There's a lot of good football teams. Yeah, I I I, I like the way that they set up D two. Again, kind of kind of seems like they've retained as many of the the regional rivalries as possible. I mean, there's always sort of you know, a little outlier here and there. I, I think adding Pelham to the division is huge. Um, you know, it's like you said, right, when when they ended up, the last time they were in D2, I think they were a playoff team. I can't remember whether they lost to Milford. They lost in the first, it might have actually been to Plymouth, I think. They lost in the first round. Yeah, okay, maybe that they, was it. They hosted a playoff game uh, in, in 2019. Yeah, and they were good. I mean, I saw them live over at Milford for a night game in the regular season that I think was an OT game. And they were really good, and obviously they've been they've been just as good the last couple of years, given the, uh, the the disparity that they've had in in their victories they've had in D three. So I'm glad that they're up. I think that deepens the division, and I think that they're going to jump right in and and do well. And it's like you said too, right? Like West was kind of they were building towards something last year. That's a good story. Um, so 
I think there's a couple of interesting things going on. And, and even John Stark, who has struggled a little bit in recent years, you know, there were a number of D2 coaches that I talked to that said, yeah, they were down. Yeah, they didn't quite have the numbers to be able to put something consistently competitive together. But if you, but when, when I talked to those coaches about what they were seeing, they said, hey, look, you can tell that they've got a good system. They're starting to really kind of buy into what they're doing over there now. Um, and, and they're going to come back and they're going to be good because they execute well, even though they were largely younger and they didn't have a ton of kids, they were executing well. So I, th- I think that you're probably going to see a deeper, a more competitive D2 probably this year. And that's that's just on the west side. <laughs> right. You yeah, know, that was mostly know, west that I was talking yeah, about, the, right? In the east, east, you've got, you know, Bo, Plymouth, Sanborn, and St. Thomas, um, you know, all competitive. Sanborn... Actually, uh, if I'm not mistaken, beat Plymouth in the last regular season game. They did. The it was that weird, yeah. uh, like sort of like after school on a two thirty on a Friday. I can't remember whether it was a Thursday or a Friday, but it was like a like a four o'clock game in the sunshine, and they went out there and and just sort of took advantage of some Plymouth Plymouth miscues and did the unthinkable. I mean, it's unthinkable to almost anybody to go in and win up there in the land of Lenahan. Um, but uh, yeah, they they you know there's something to be said there. Um, and uh, Bo's been really competitive the last few years. Um, just trying to take a look at my list. My uh, my list just left me here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, Kennett Kennett has been uh, really competitive. St. Thomas, I think St. Thomas has gone through some coaching changes the last three or four seasons that. You know, and that's always hard, right? You're learning new systems, new expectations. There's a new rhythm to the way things are done. But I think they've sort of settled in the last two years, and they had a really good sort of comeback type season to build on last year. I believe so. There's, there's a lot of good to look forward to. Final four team with, last year, weren't they? What were they? They were a final four team last year, weren't they? Yeah, I believe. I think they. they I think they were. Yeah. 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 Um, now, now, Joe, does does D two have? A situation where they cross over in the regular season, and and do they go beyond Thanksgiving too, or is their no. format a little bit more traditional? So, so they do. They have, um, you know, they also play nine games. So you've got eight teams in each conference. So they do have one crossover game. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure what some of the better ones are at the moment. Um, I can try to take a quick look on that, but they do. They um, actually they will finish the Saturday before Thanksgiving. Um, okay, so they finish so they the, their no- on, yeah. on like a traditional schedule. They're going to do quarter, semi, and finals or whatever, and just sort of wrap it from there. Yeah, yeah. So they will finish up the same weekend that Division One is playing its semifinals, and and the the playoff selection uh, remains the same there too. That the top two teams, uh, the top team from each. Uh, conference gets in uh, as the top two seeds, and then it's the next six best teams, regardless of conference, based on uh, point rating. Uh, mm. Yeah, so so some of your I'm, – I'm going through the schedule real quick here. Uh, some of your more interesting crossovers there. You've got Bo at Milford um, in week four of this year. Um, that's the only first, first one I really, really popped out. Sauhegan is at Plymouth. Uh, uh, the first Saturday in October. Um, that should be yeah. That's a great one. That's yeah. an old rivalry. Yep. Um, that's the only <laughs> the only two that kind of jumped off the page at me right away. Um, but I'm you know I'm sure there's a couple other other really good ones. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, so that that I mean, a lot of the division, a lot of the stuff with Division Two remains the same, just a, a kind of restructuring of some some teams here and there. Um, but as we kind of mentioned, as we were going through uh, Kingswood um, dropping down a Division Three, Conval, which had petitioned down the Division Three in the previous two year cycle, they are also still down there. Um, you know, they they are part of a ten team division there, but. As we mentioned before, given the new playoff rule, uh, those two programs are ineligible to make the playoffs this year. So yep. really, it's eight teams in Division Three fighting for four spots. That's Campbell, Epping Newmarket, Fall Mountain, Interlakes Moultonboro, Kearsarge, Monadnock, Stevens, and Trinity. Kind of an interesting, uh, interesting setup, I, I believe. Epping, Newmarket, Fall Mountain, and maybe even Interlakes were all... Actually, maybe not Interlakes. Uh, but the other two teams were definitely Division Four teams a year ago. Uh, they are up where their enrollment puts them. So I, I imagine they maybe were in the same situation, not wanting to petition down to not be eligible. Of course, Fall Mountain has been a playoff team the last couple of years, um, You know, probably having their best run as a program in their program's history the last couple of years, even making the, the final in Division Four uh, yep. in 2019. So um, not too sure of what they have coming back yet. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit more next week, I would assume. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it's it, it, tough to kind of say that you're going to go back down there if you've got a team that's, you know, could has have a shot at, at, at challenging for a playoff spot. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, there's a couple of interesting things about Division three and four when I look at it, right? The first thing that obviously jumps off the page is that you've got a 20, what do we say, a 21-team division one and a, yes. what is it, an 18-team eight, division two? Eight, 18, and, yep, yep, and then... Eight, yeah, <laughs> and then division three and there's 10 schools and division four is eight. I know we're not talking four yet, but, you know, it's... It, it, it looks weird on paper. <laughs> you know, you're going to kind of say like, huh, I wonder why they wouldn't sort of, you know, mix it. And, and I'm sure it's for, you know, competitive matchup reasons and things like that. I, I, I get it, right? I get it. But it does look weird, and it, it does beg some questions. You know, I, I do worry about, you know, a, a team like Fall Mountain, for example, who really has sort of worked and, and bled and sweated to, to build a competitive program from from a, a, you know, a fairly recent history where they had been completely uncompetitive, right? And, and that's something to really be proud of. That takes a lot of hard work from your players, your leaders, your coaching staff, your community, really, to take a program that has not been competitive for 15-plus years, and suddenly you're you're kind of expecting to be there almost, right, At the, right. the way the last two or three years have gone. Now you're putting them in a division that, that, you know, has some really, really tough programs, right? Trinity is really good. Monadnock is really good, typically, right? Campbell has been lights out good traditionally. Kearsarge can be really good depending on what, you know, what type of mix they have. And, you know, I would just hate to see all that hard work kind of get blasted really quick, you know, if, if they find themselves on the short end of the scoreboard just because of the level of competition, right? You've got Kingswood who moved down, right? So they're used to playing a tough schedule. Um, you know, I, I think that's the only thing I would point out there is that I, I, I just hope that 
you know, and, and I'm sure the people that made that decision were know a heck of a lot more about the content and strength of that program than I do. But um, I also have a lot of respect for what Fall Mountain has built over the last few years. And I hope like in this particular example, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't become something that sort of knocks them back inadvertently. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, it's going to be I, I my my big question is, how is it work with these schools that are these teams that are ineligible? I, I'm assuming yeah. that, that your games against those teams count towards your your playoff standing. Um, you know, like like let's say you you know your your win over Conval counts towards your point rating to to get into the playoffs. It doesn't really make that clear um, anywhere in the handbook, at least not that I can see. Um, yeah. You know, so yeah, there's just a couple. Yeah, there's there's a number of questions with this that I that I have that that don't seem to have answers, at least not right in front of me. But um, again, it's gonna make things. It's going to make things interesting, I think. And, you, you know, you, you kind of mentioned Division Four too, so we might as well let's uh, let's run down that, too. We've got Bishop Brady, Franklin, uh, Mascoma, Newfound, Newport, Raymond, Summersworth, and Winnesquam petitions down into Division Four. So, again, they're, they're in the same boat. Uh, so that means you've got seven teams uh, battling for four playoff spots. Of course, it looks like we've, we've lost a, a program as well, uh, Farmington-Newt. Uh, of course, didn't field a varsity team last year, um, and it looks like they are not going to have a program uh, in in twenty twenty two either. Yeah, that's too bad. I guess not completely unexpected. You know, I think they were one of just a, a, a tiny handful. Was it just two or three other programs at most that didn't play last year? And I think the initial thought was it was kind of a hangover from you know, from, from COVID concerns, right. That the numbers were a little down because there were still some families and things that were concerned about, you know, COVID-19 exposure and all those kind of things. And, you know, I think, I think that's the tough thing is with a smaller program, like, um, like Farmington new, you, you might not bounce back from that, right. Those kids might go and, you know, it, all it takes is three or four of those kids saying, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to play soccer this fall then, or, or another fall sport. And then all of a sudden that's it, right. Like, they stick with that maybe and they don't come back and so you lose a program pretty quick if you if you're a smaller school with a smaller right. roster but yeah it's uh of course summer's worth coming off the uh the championship in, in division four um you know I, they've got some kids back i would expect them to be in there newport has kind of had a resurgence the last couple of years including winning uh the title in 2020 um you know i i just hope to see you know, you know, maybe I can go back and, and, and have a better number for you um, next week when, when we kind of get into the, the previews a little bit more. Um, but, you know, there were a lot of cases, I feel like, that, that even with, you know, like you said, so trying to balance this out a little bit more for competition purposes, you know, there were still times in Division Four where you had games that were just really one-sided. Um, there were, you know, I don't remember, like I said, I don't remember how many off the top of my head, but, you know, it felt like a lot of times... Uh, or more often than not, you were seeing kind of running time scores, final scores there. Um, so hopefully this balances out a little bit more. Uh, but, of course, we will see that as it goes. Yeah, and I guess that's the biggest argument against what I said earlier, which, you know, I was sort of implying, hey, why wouldn't you combine Division three and four into an 18-team 
division and have it look yeah. like Division Two well, looks, right? That's like an it, eighteen team. Yeah, like it did a couple of years ago, and and, and I want to say up until about twenty seventeen or eighteen, I think that's the way it was. Right, and you would you could say to yourself if you were just looking at the math, you know, Division Two is sort of classified from teams with. You know, it says in the, on the page here, you know, 899 kids uh, down to 551 kids. So, but, but generally 900 kids to 550 kids, right? So that's a pretty big spread. That's uh, 400, you know, that's a 400 student spread. Whereas if you look at, at D3, it's 426 to 550 versus one student to 425 with Division Four. So there's only like, a hundred students spread at the top end of that. Yeah. You know, so the Delta between, I mean, even at the low end of that 426, I mean, I'm sorry if I'm at, you know, 425 to 550, it's, it's only kind of a hundred point Delta. I mean, points student Delta. <laughs> I'm thinking work now, right. And talking about, uh, charts for the business, but, but, um, you know, so it, it, it does sort of beg the question about, you know, in those smaller schools, it's not necessarily just about the population sizes because, again, you could look at some of these potential matchups if you were to combine those two uh, into one division and say, oh, there's no way that you would you would want a you know a Monadnock lining up against whoever, right? Just because there were there were some blowouts already with the teams that were more similarly competitive in four last year let alone if you put them up against some of these perennial powers in three. But it, 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 it just begs a different t- type of question, which, was be, which would be why the disparity. Right. When the, the populations of those schools are pretty tight, you know, there's not going to be a huge difference between them, certainly not as different as there might be between some of the Division II schools, for example, where there might be you know, over 400 student different, uh, difference in, in schools that are playing each other. Uh, and I don't have the answer to that. I just say I think it's an interesting question, right? What what factors into the competitiveness of some of those schools um, where the population sizes really aren't that different? That you know the pool that they have to draw from in terms of of, of available talent isn't that different. I don't I don't have the answers to that either. No, no, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think anybody really does. What I can tell you is this. Uh, in Division Three, since there are ten teams, uh, they will all play each other once uh, for your nine-game schedule. Division Four, on the other hand, uh, plays a seven-game schedule, so they are actually off the first week of the season. Their season doesn't start until uh, everyone else's week two um, on September 9th. So they open the year with a bye week, and then yep. they have another bye week, uh, the second to last week of the season. Uh, on October 21st, with the exception, um, actually, let me double check this real quick because I saw it initially on the schedule and want to make sure that it is actually still there. But I think Newport is actually playing a game, uh, an out of state game that week uh, against Mill River Union, uh, which I believe is in Vermont. But let's just double yeah, check. Yeah, so that, that sounds like a Vermont team <laughs> if I've ever heard one. <laughs> um, you know, so they do have an extra game in there, at least as of right now, on their schedule. Yeah. Um, of course, it's not showing on the NHIA, so <laughs> who knows then? Um, these things, uh, it seems to to get more and more confusing as we go on. Um, but 
um, just yeah. It, it, so that I guess that kind of leads me into uh, what I think might be kind of a bit of a of a missed opportunity there. Um, you know, in the sense that you've got, uh, as we said, the the D one final uh, stretched out to the Saturday after Thanksgiving, uh, the D two final the Saturday before Thanksgiving. Uh, and actually, okay, so now now I've double checked here. Newport does have that game on its uh, on its schedule. Um, so, anyways, uh, with the way because of those buys, then you've bought got Division three and Division four both playing their semifinals on the first Saturday in November, and then the final on the second Saturday. Well, I would say why not get rid of that bye week, have Division four start its playoffs the week earlier. And then you yeah. could have you could have a championship game every single Saturday in November, right? Uh, I was I was actually as you were explaining that by situation with four, uh, the same thought crossed my mind. I was like, why wouldn't you just pull all that in and stagger yeah. when the different divisions do their playoffs and their championships and stuff, and you you know you you get a chance to kind of spread the wealth a little bit in terms of you know. Uh, availability, let's just say, to go see some of those things. See, this is why they need us on the committee. I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll right. send uh, I'll send Bill Ball a letter and just say, hey, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so before we finish up for tonight, uh, there is, of course, one other thing we need to talk about, with it being uh, the last full week of August. Um, I believe that that makes this Friday one of uh, one of your favorite nights of the year. If I'm not mistaken, and and kind of the unofficial kickoff to the fall sports season, that is the uh, the Queen City Jamboree, uh, yes. taking place this Friday. A um, little bit going to look a little bit different this year because there's one less scrimmage than usual, so it starts at four o'clock on Friday instead of three. Um, but you got your uh, your matchups this year are that four o'clock game. Uh, you know, it might be tough for people to get there, but I think that might be one of the the more intriguing ones uh, of the of the the afternoon because you've got Salem and Goffstown, which I think going into last year, if you'd asked a lot of people, those were maybe you know the the one A and one B teams um, going into the season, and and of course uh, both programs lost uh, a very good senior classes and and have a few question marks I think going into this year, so. That's going to be an interesting matchup. Then at five, you've got Sauhegan versus Trinity. Another interesting uh, crossover, division crossover matchup there. Then at six, another one, you got Milford versus Bishop Girton. Seven o'clock, Bedford takes on Manchester Memorial. And then at eight o'clock, to round out the day, you've got Pembroke versus Manchester Central. Yeah, I, I'm, I saw that schedule. I don't remember where I saw it, but I, I, it may have even been you had sent it to me. And yeah, I, part of me says, you know, there's, there's a couple of, there's a couple of really interesting matchups that take place earlier in the day, man. I wish they had, I wish they had sort of done the thinking sometimes that you see on like, you know, the NFL and stuff where they kind of take like the, the marquee matchups and do them in prime time and stuff. You know? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, I, I've said it every single year. I kind of I kind of gush over the thing. I, I think it's a really fun event. They do a nice job um, at Gill Stadium putting on something that just sort of it just sort of feels. I, I don't know. It just it, just, it, it has a really cool feel to it. That's the best way I can put well, it. You know, no, it's it like, does. It does. Yeah. It's like everybody's there and, and 
the, the kids are excited and the, there's a ton of people there because all the different teams are sort of in and out really quick. So, you know, teams and, and fans will stay to watch a couple games or they'll come in early to watch a couple a couple early games. You get a lot of different people from all the different schools there. A lot there. of coaches come in to scout. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, there's always some... people sitting yeah. up in the stands with their notebooks and, um, you know, all, all of uh, – all of us from the press are there kind of taking a look at things. It gives us a good little, a good little look at, uh, you know, sort of a concentrated amount of football in, 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 in one sitting, but it's a lot of fun. And, and there are some really good matchups. There's also, like you said, some key teams that, uh, you know, that, that on paper, you know, those of us in the press might say, Hey, are poised to make some noise, right? You know, Goffstown and Salem, I think you hit on that perfectly those are teams that have been really, really good the last few years, but also may have some question marks this year, both of them. So cool matchup, right? Sauhegan, you know, Coach Bockhead's probably going to hate me for saying this, but I think they're going to be really good this year, right? They've (laughs) got to have a target on their back. Um, So it'll be interesting to see them come out and and play and see, you know, how they perform. Um, You know, Milford was a top team last year in Division II, but – They've got a lot of holes to fill, so how does that play out? You know, there's, you know, Central's been down for a couple of years, but you know they're not going to be down for good because they're just, you know, they're tough and they're well coached. So, what are they going to bring to the table? I, I just think there's a lot of really cool things to see in the Jamboree this year. Yeah, I mean, it's it is like you said, it's it's just a, a fun experience. Um, it's a long day, but it's. Uh... You know, it, it, it's it's good to be able to see so many teams and at one time. That's that's kind of my biggest thing. I usually go and I take a ton of pictures just to have photos of of a lot of teams. You know, start out with with stuff that I can use <laughs> early in yeah. the year. Um, you know, but it, it usually is a, a an entertaining um, afternoon, and and it does really kind of get you ready for you know that first week of football, which will you know be here before you know it uh september 2nd we kick everything off um so it's um yeah an exciting exciting night yeah yeah i'd say if if any if anybody's local or even if you're not local and you're a big high school football fan which i'd assume you are if you're listening to the show um if you can be there be there you know i'm bummed i'm not sure i'm going to be able to be there joe i've got i have practice on friday night with my my little guy team but uh, you know, I'll have to keep an eye on that. I'll have to think about whether we, you know, whether maybe we cut out early <laughs> <laughs> so I could get over and see a game or two would be, changing, would be pretty cool. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to swing that, but changing the, location the good news practice. is my Friday nights for the rest of the season are clear. I, I made that mistake last year, like an idiot, scheduling practices on a Friday night. And I was like, why, why would I do this? I'm in charge of the practice schedule. <laughs> so lesson learned. No, no practices on Friday night for me this year. I'm going to be able to see some, some high school games. Excellent. Well, we are uh, we're looking forward to it and uh, looking forward to talking about them and breaking them down. Um, like we said, it, it's hard, you know, exciting that we're here. Hard to believe we're already here, um, but definitely very excited. And, and I'm looking forward to uh, to what I hope or what I think is going to be a really fun uh, 2022 season. Yeah, I think so too. It, it, I think it promises to be a lot of fun. Well, uh, any other any final thoughts before we wrap up for uh, for the first week? I don't think so. I think I think we uh, I think we probably I think we probably covered everything we wanted to cover. I don't want to uh, I don't want to bore anybody to tears with any more comments. So I'll, <laughs> I'll 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 hold on to them until next week, Joe. <laughs> All right. 
All right. Well, he is uh, Mike Lockman. Mike, thanks again for joining me. No problem. I am Joe Marcellina. Uh, we will talk to you next week, and enjoy this week of uh, preseason football.